0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Yes, we're continuing our tour through God's hall of faith today as we've been focusing in the summer sermon series on this chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. Today is a little bit different though. The past few weeks, we've seen the writer to the Hebrews describe the faith of individuals. People like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham. And today he kind of groups them all together and marvels at the ability that they had to look ahead to promises that they never got to see fulfilled. What the writer to the Hebrews focuses us on today is something that lies beyond our life in this world. A heavenly country and the joy that you and I have of being citizens of that country, members of God's family and heirs of eternal life. Today we're going to look at these verses from Hebrews chapter 11 verses 13 to 16 that describe the faith, the perspective that these Old Testament believers had. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of our Lord. I'm sure you've seen enough pictures, photographs, posts on the internet, on social media to know that perspective is pretty important, right? If you didn't understand perspective, you might think that in this bay, this body of water was the most giant rubber duck that had ever been produced, right? It's bigger than some of the buildings. But I think you understand that the person who took this photo took it at such an angle that probably a regular-sized rubber duck, maybe not a whole lot different than this one right here, was made to look very large by the way the photograph was taken. Or maybe try these two, for instance. If you put a mirror over your torso and angle it at just the right way, you can make it look like you've made your torso completely disappear. Or you might be able to take a picture that make it, makes it look like your entire day at the beach was ruined when somebody dropped a pail over the top of you and trapped you inside of it. Right? You've seen pictures like that before, right? It, it it does emphasize to us that perspective is really important, isn't it? Because we can draw some very faulty conclusions if our perspective isn't quite right. It's not about pictures on the internet that we need to be worried about, though, is it? Our perspective is extremely important when it comes to our Christian faith. And today as we take a look at this story, I want to talk to you about the perspective that we share with the Old Testament believers that are being described by the writer to the Hebrews. Hopefully you can see this chart okay. I tried to draw some arrows around a cross to demonstrate that while we have the same faith as the people of the Old Testament, our perspective changes just a bit, doesn't it? For instance, the Old Testament believers looked ahead, thus the arrow here, they looked ahead to Jesus coming. You and I have the benefit, the blessing, of being able to look back at something that has already happened. Jesus has already come. He's already paid for our sins. His work of salvation is finished. But here's what we share in common with those Old Testament believers. Just like those Old Testament believers, we both look ahead. We look ahead to something better than life in this world, our heavenly country. Boy, that biblical perspective is important, isn't it? When it comes to life in this world, it's so easy to have our perspective skewed by the things that are going on in our lives, by the troubles that we face, by our fears and disappointments. And yet God comes to us and reminds us, look up, look ahead, don't forget the heavenly country that is still to come. That's the theme that we want to focus on from these words in Hebrews chapter 11 today. God's preparation of a heavenly country for you and me. And we'll admit, just like the Old Testament believers did, that we are strangers on this earth. And then we will look ahead to what God has prepared for us, the home in heaven that he's prepared. It's a fitting focus, isn't it, for Confirmation Sunday as well? Because as This Confirmation Day marks the end of instructions for confirmation for Nolan and Suzette and Evelyn. It's also a beginning, isn't it? It's a beginning of what God has in store for you, for your life here, but even more for your life in heaven. As I said before, the writer to the Hebrews sort of takes us on a little sidebar. Uh, He was talking about Abraham in the verses right before our text and then he's going to go back to Abraham in the verses right after our text. But in between, it's almost as if he feels the necessity to show why their faith was so amazing. He writes this, those people, the people of the Old Testament, looked ahead even though the promises that God had made them they had not received. I want you to consider that just for a minute. Abraham got to see the fulfillment of some of God's promises, didn't he? God promised him a son and he received Isaac. As we talked about last week, at 100 years old, Isaac was born to him. But God had also promised Abraham that he was going to be a great nation and that's a promise Abraham never got to see fulfilled. Or think about Jacob or we could say Joseph too. They got to see that little family of Abraham's grow into a great nation. But they never saw the fulfillment of the promise that a Messiah was coming from their family. The writer to the Hebrews says it pretty clearly. They welcomed those promises from a distance. They knew they were looking ahead to something that hadn't happened yet. And they were focused on the fact that God had promised that they lived with perspective. An eternal perspective. They said the here and now isn't so important. What's important is that God is faithful to these promises and we have something that is yet to come. That perspective led them to admit that they were strangers and foreigners as they lived their lives on this earth. That's a strange thing to say, isn't it? That we don't belong? That they, those Old Testament believers didn't belong in this world? And then the writer to the Hebrews explains, people who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. You see what Abraham recognized, what Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all of the Old Testament believers recognized is that there was a country, their own country, a place that God was taking them that was going to be forever. Their life with him in heaven. Perspective is a good word for us to talk about too, isn't it? If, if, if 2020, the first seven, six and a half months of 2020 have taught us anything, hopefully it's taught us this, this is not our home. God never intended, after the fall into sin, for you and I to live here forever. He doesn't want us to get so focused on our life in this world that we forget that something so much better is yet to come. But consider this, and I'm guilty just like we all are, consider the effort, the effort that we put into making our lives in this world heaven. We think if only we could have better relationships, if only we could have a better job, if only we could have more money, if only we could have more fun, then this life would be great, right? Then everything that we want to be fulfilled would be right here on earth and we would experience heaven. That's not how it works, is it? This side of heaven, the fears and disappointments and frustrations, those are going to keep coming. Today on confirmation, these students in just a few minutes are going to make a promise. They're going to make a promise that they will remain faithful to God's word. That they will endure all things, even death, rather than fall away from faith. How could they make that promise? Well, maybe I should ask it a different way. How could you make that promise? Because most of us sitting in here have made that same promise, haven't we? That we would endure all things, even death, rather than fall away. Why? Why? We could use the words right out of the text. People who say such things show that they are looking forward to their own country. Not a great life in this world, but enjoying the blessings God gives us here with an understanding that there's greater blessings even to come. That's the perspective that you and I are blessed to live with. That's the perspective that allows us to lay our heads on our pillows at night and say, wow, a lot of things went on in our world today. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know what's going to happen. But you do, God. And it's in your hands. And I can sleep at peace tonight because you hold me. You're the one who already claimed me as your own. And I'm headed to something so much better than this life, my life with you in heaven. Yes, we are looking for our own country, a life with our Lord. That's such a neat word in the original language, that word country, because it really carries with it the idea of a fatherland or a homeland. It's the place where we're going to feel like we belong. When we are with our Lord forever, that's when we know we will have arrived. And for now, we look at it from a distance. It's a distant thing, but it's ours. It's ours through Jesus and everything that he's done. And when Jesus comes back to take us to be there with him, it will be forever. Maybe recognize the words, homeland security, right? What comes to mind when you hear those words, homeland security? Just think about that for a minute for yourselves. Homeland security. Maybe some of you are thinking about the protection that is afforded for us in the country in which we live from terrorism, from things that lie outside of our borders, And maybe it's a reminder of two things. It's sad, isn't it, that we live in a world where we have to be concerned about those things. But there's some comfort in knowing that there are people who are watching out for us and watching over us, right? I want to take that phrase and give you a little deeper deeper meaning of that phrase today, homeland security. The country that you are looking ahead to, the country that I look ahead to, our homeland, it's secure. You have homeland security when you look up, because Jesus has promised that his peace goes with you. Jesus won that forgiveness for you. He won that life for you forever when he gave up not money, but his own life. When he shed his blood on the cross, he guaranteed your homeland security in the joy of heaven forever. Like those Old Testament believers, we too are strangers. We're foreigners in this world. And the writer to the Hebrews makes very, very clear what he's talking about. He says, listen, if Abraham and his descendants wanted to go back to what their homeland was, their fatherland, they could have packed up and moved back to Mesopotamia anytime they wanted. But that's not what they were looking for. Instead, he says they were longing. Longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Think about that word longing. The idea of yearning for something, of of having hope deep in your heart that something so much better is yet to come. That's what the Old Testament believers held on to. And that's what God gives to you and me to hold on to as well. There is a better country coming. And what the writer to the Hebrews says clearly is that country is a heavenly one. He's describing our existence with our Lord forever. Oh, it's true, that's what God wanted when he first created Adam and Eve in this world. Then he put them in a perfect place, a paradise called Eden. But when sin ruined that perfect world, God held out hope, not just to Adam and Eve, not just to those Old Testament believers, but to you and me, that that joy, that perfection was going to be restored in heaven. My favorite phrase in this text is the one that comes right at the end of those verses. Therefore, God is not ashamed to call him, to call them, to be their God, to call them his people. Just consider that phrase for a moment. God is not ashamed. You don't have to read much of the stories of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the other Old Testament people to recognize that they weren't perfect, that they also fell into sin. And we don't have to look too deeply at our own lives to recognize that we don't always measure up to what God wants for us either, do we? And yet the writer to the Hebrews can say by faith, God is not ashamed to be our God. And it goes one step further. He was willing to prepare something for us, to prepare for us a city, a city with him forever. Yes, we're foreigners and strangers in this world, but we are citizens of a better country, heavenly country that Jesus has won for us. I'd like to take just a couple of minutes, if you'll permit me to do so, just to talk to Nolan and Suzette and Evelyn for a few minutes today. Today, in a few minutes, as you make your promises, I suppose we could say it's the start of your for next step in your life as one of God's people. And I know you know this already, but your life is going to be presented with a whole bunch of choices. Even in the next few years, you're going to have choices about what school you attend, what profession you're going to prepare for, You might meet that special someone and decide, oh, that's the person that I'm going to marry. You might think about a family. You might think about the kind of passions that you have and and things that you're interested in and you might put your interest in those things and all of those things are wonderful and they're blessings from God. But along with those choices is the opportunity to remember. To remember that as you make those choices, remember the one who already chose you. Remember your heavenly Father who called you his own, who made you his own in the waters of baptism and is now leading you to your life eternal. See, as you make those choices, you're also going to hear different voices that are going to try to speak to you. You're going to hear the voices of the evil one as Jesus described him in John 17, the one who's going to try and convince you that your life will be much happier if you just walk away from God. If you'd say this God thing isn't working out too well for me, maybe I should do The devil loves to convince us of that. You're going to hear the voices of the world around you telling you, you're kind of foolish to believe stuff that you can't even see. And unfortunately, as all of us sitting in here do, you also are going to hear the voice of the sinful nature inside of you that is going to work to drag you away from God. That's when it's so important to hear the voice The voice of your heavenly Father. The one who calls to you and says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. When you hear that voice in his word, when you connect with God through his word and through the sacrament, God will continue to strengthen your faith to hear that voice all the way to an eternity in heaven. The heaven that he has prepared for you. I suppose we could talk about your confirmation today in terms of beginning, middle, and end. Today is the beginning. It's an end of your instruction, yes, but it's the beginning of your life as a child of God. And now, for the years that God gives you in this world, we could count those as the middle of your life, right? The middle of your Christian life with the choices that you make and the voices that you hear. It's God who guides you through all of those things. And he's leading you to the end. Yes, it's an end of life in this world, but really it's just the beginning, isn't it? because it's the beginning of your life forever with your Lord in heaven. That's what God has promised you. That's what you've learned throughout your lives, especially the last couple of years in instructions, the love that Jesus has for you to take you to heaven to be his very own. The Apostle Paul described that confidence that we all have in our Savior so well in these verses from Philippians chapter three. But our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Some takeaways from our sermon today. Number one, this earth is not our permanent home. We look ahead to heaven. Don't get caught up in the things of this world. Don't let your worries overrun you. Remember the one who is in control, the one who already told you without any uncertainty that he loves you. Secondly, we live confidently, secure in the knowledge that God has prepared our place with him. Jesus says, Peace, I leave you. My peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And finally, number three, By faith, God is not ashamed to be called our God. Isn't that an amazing thing to think about? That because of Jesus and what he's done, God loves. He loves to be called your God. He loves that you are his children, and he can't wait for you to be with him forever in heaven. And if God is for us, then what can stand against us? As we close out today, I'd like you to take a look at the picture on the screen. Maybe you've seen these before and you know what I'm looking for, but if you just glance at it quickly, maybe all you see is a bunch of wood that's sort of put together in sort of a strange way. But if you look really, really closely, and I'll give you a little hint look at the dark wood. Look at the word that's hidden in that little plaque. Do you see it? You see the name Jesus in there? Isn't that how life is? There are times when we look around at what's going on in our world or what's happening in our own lives and Jesus is kind of obscured. We can't really see him. He seems to be clouded. We don't know that he's there and yet, his promise is, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We know he's there. Even when we can't see him, even when we don't feel his presence, Jesus continues to be there for us. Maybe one of the greatest things, not just our confirmands today, but, but all of us can do is remember to look for Jesus, to find Jesus in everything in this life. Look for the blessings that he is bringing, even in the difficulties that we go through. Remember the joy that you have of a heavenly country that is still coming, that's free from all the troubles of this world. Remember the love of your heavenly Father who is leading you home. Amen. The Peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.